Hello there, Divya here. In the last episode, we saw how Sri Yukteswar could telepathetically understand things and how Yogananda explained with ease, relating the same topic with the radio waves. Our understanding becomes clear when we relate to our common day topics, isn't it? Let's see today's continuation of Cauliflower Robbery, Chapter. Sri Yukteswar sponsored four yearly festivals at the equinoxes and solstices when his students gathered from far and near. The winter solstice celebration has held in Sarmapur. The first one I attended left me with a permanent blessing. The festivity started in the morning with a barefoot procession along the streets. The voices of a hundred students rang out with sweet religious songs. A few musicians played the flute and kol karthal, drums and cymbals. Enthusiastic townspeople strewed the path with flowers, glad to be summoned from prosaic tasks by our resounding praise of the Lord's blessed name. The long tour ended in the courtyard of the hermitage. There, we encircled our guru, while students on upper balconies showered up with marigold blossoms. Many guests went upstairs to receive a pudding of chenna and oranges. I made my way to a group of brother disciples who were serving today as cooks. Food for such large gatherings had to be cooked outdoors in huge cauldrons. The improvised wood-burning brick stoves were smoky and tear-provoking, but we laughed merrily at our work. Religious festivals in India are never considered troublesome. Each devotee gladly does his part, supplying money or rice and vegetables or his personal services. Master was soon in our midst, supervising the details of the feast. Busy every moment, he kept pace with the most energetic young student. A Sankirtan, group chanting, accompanied by the harmonium and hand-beaten Indian drums was in progress on the second story. Sri Yukteswar listened appreciatively. His musical sense was acutely perfect. They are off key. Master left the cooks and joined the musicians. The melody was heard again, this time correctly rendered. The Sama Veda contains the world's earliest writings on music, music, sorry, musical science. In India, music, painting and drama are considered divine arts. Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva, the eternal trinity, were the first musicians. Shiva, in his aspect of Nataraja, the cosmic dancer, is scripturally represented as having worked out the infinite modes of rhythm in the process of universal creation, preservation and destruction. While Brahma and Vishnu 
accentuated the time beat. Brahma clanging the cymbals and Vishnu sounding the mridanga or holy drum. Saraswati, goddesses of wisdom, is symbolized as performing on the veena, on the veena, mother of all string, stringed instruments. Krishna, an incarnation of Vishnu, is shown in Hindu art with a flute. On it, he plays the enrapturing song that recalls to their true home, the human souls wandering in the Maya delusion. The foundation stones of Hindu music are ragas or fixed melodic scales. The six basic ragas branch out into 126 derivative raginis, wives and putras, sons. Each raga has a minimum of five notes. A leading note, vadi or king, a secondary note, samavadi or prime minister, helping notes, anuvadi, attendance, and a dissonant note, vivadi, the enemy. Each of the six basic ragas has a natural correspondence with a certain hour of the day, season of the year, and a presiding deity who bestows a particular potency. Thus, the Hindola raga is heard only at dawn in the spring to evoke the mood of universal love. Deepaka Raga is played during the evening in summer to arouse compassion. Megha Raga is a melody for midday in the rainy season to summon courage. Bhairava Raga is played in the mornings of August, September, October to achieve tranquility. Sri Raga is reserved for autumn twilights to attain pure love. Malkonsa Raga is heard at midnights in winter for valor. The ancient rishis discovered these law, laws of sound aliens between nature and man. Because nature is an objectification of Om, Aam, the primal sound or vibratory word may can obtain control over all natural manifestations through the use of certain mantras or chants. Historical documents tell of the remarkable powers possessed by Mian Tansen, 16th century court musician for Akbar the Great. Commanded by the emperor to sing a night raga while the sun was overhead, Tansen intoned a mantra that instantly caused the whole palace presence to become enveloped in darkness. Indian music divides the octave into 28 shrutis or demi-semitones. These microtonal intervals permit fine shades of musical expression unattainable by the western chromatic scale of 12 semitones. Each of the seven basic notes of the octave is associated in Hindu mythology with the color and the natural cry of a bird or a beast. Do with green and the peacock. Ray, sorry, do with green and the peacock.
ray with red the skylark me with gold and the goat far with yellowish white and the heron soul with black and the nightingale la with yellow and the horse see with the combination of all colors and the elephant indian music outlined 72 tatas or scales a musician has creative scope for endless improvisation around the fixed traditional melody of raga he concentrates on the sentiment or definite definitive mood of the structural theme and embroiders it to the limits of its own originality the hindu musician does not read set notes at each playing he clothes anew the bare skeleton of the raga often confining himself to a single melodic sequence stressing by repetition all its subtle microtonal and rhythmic variations folklore of all peoples contains references to incantations with power over nature the american indians developed effective sound rituals for rain and wind tansen the great hindu musician was able to quench fire by the power of his song charles kellogg the california naturalist gave a demonstration of the effect of tonal vibration on fire in 1926 before a group of new york firemen passing a bow like an enlarged violin bow swiftly across an aluminum tuning fork he produced a screech like intense radio static instantly the yellow gas flame two feet high leaping inside a hollow glass tube subsided to a height of 6 inches and became a sputtering blue flare another attempt with the bow and another screech of vibration extinguished it bach among western composers understood the charm and power of repetitious sound slightly differentiated in a hundred complex ways sanskrit literature describes 120 thala talas or time measures the traditional founder of hindu music bharata is said to have isolated 32 kinds of thala in the song of a lark the origin of thala or rhythm is rooted in human movements the double time of walking and the triple time of respiration in sleep when inhalation is twice the length of exhalation india has long recognized the human voice as the most perfect instrument of sound hindu music therefore largely confines itself to the voice range of three octaves for the same reason melody relation of successive notes is stressed rather than harmony relation of simultaneous notes hindu music is a subjective spiritual and individualistic art 
aiming not at symphonic brilliance but at personal harmony with the oversoul all the celebrated songs of india have been composed by devotees of the divine the sanskrit word for musician is bhagavatar he who sings the praises of god the sankirtans or musical gatherings are an effective form of yoga or spiritual discipline necessitating intense concentration absorption in the seed thought and sound because man himself is an expression of the creative word sound exercises on him a potent and immediate effect great religious music of east and west bestows joy on man because it causes a temporary vibratory awakening of one of his occult spinal centers awakening of the occult cerebral spinal centers chakras astral lotuses is the sacred goal of the yogi western exegetes have not understood that the new testament chapter of revelation contains the symbolic exposition of a yogic science taught to john and other close disciples of by lord jesus john mentions revelation 120 bible the mystery of the seven stars and the seven churches these symbols refer to the seven lotuses of light described in yoga treatise as the seven trap doors in the cerebrospinal axis through these divinely planned exits the yogi by scientific meditation escapes from the bodily prison and resumes his true identity as spirit the seventh center the thousand petaled lotus in the brain is the throne of the infinite consciousness in the state of divine illumination the yogi is said to perceive brahma or god the creator as padmaja the one born of the lotus in those blissful moments a dim memory comes to him of his divine origin the sankirtan issuing from shri yukteswar's second story sitting room on the day of the festival was inspiring to the cooks amid the steaming pots my brother disciples and i joyously sang the refrains beating time with our hands by sunset we had served 100 of visitors with kach um, kichuri rice and lentils vegetable curry and rice pudding we laid cotton blankets over the courtyard soon the assemblage was squatting under the starry vault quietly attentive to the wisdom pouring from sri yukteswar's lips his public speeches emphasized the value of kriya yoga and the life of self respect calmness determination simple diet and regular exercise a group of very young disciples then chanted a few sacred hymns the meeting concluded with fervent sankirtan from 10 o'clock until midnight ashram residents washed pots and pans and cleared the courtyard my guru called me to his side 
I am pleased over your cheerful labors today and during the past week of preparations. I want you with me. You may sleep in my bed tonight. This was a privilege I had never thought would fall onto my lot. We sat a while in a state of intense divine tranquility. About 10 minutes after we had laid down to sleep, master rose and began to dress. What's the matter, sir? The joy of sleeping beside my guru was suddenly tinged with unreality. I think that a few students who missed their proper train connections will be here soon. Let us have some food ready. The lotus posture is so called because it is in that traditional pose the yogi views the very colored lotuses padmas of the cerebrospinal centers each lotus possesses a characteristic number of petals or rays composed of prana life force the padmas are also known as chakras or wheels the lotus posture padmasana holds the spine upright and locks the body securely under the danger of falling backward or forward during the trance state sabikalpa samadhi it is therefore the yogi's favorite meditation posture however padmasana may present some difficulties for the beginner and should not be attempted without the guidance of a hatha yoga expert guruji no one would come at 1 o'clock in the morning stay in bed you have been working very hard but i am going to cook at shri yukteswar's resolute tone i jumped up and followed him to the small daily used kitchen adjacent to the second floor inner balcony rice and dal were soon boiling my guru smiled affectionately tonight you have conquered fatigue and fear of hard work you shall never be bothered by them in the future as he uttered these words of lifelong blessings footsteps sounded in the courtyard i ran downstairs and admitted a group of students dear brother one man said how reluctant we are to disturb master at this hour we made a mistake about train schedules but felt we could not return home without a glimpse of our guru he has been expecting you and is even now preparing your food shri ikteesh was welcoming voice rang out i led the astonished visitors to the kitchen master turned to me with twinkling eyes now that you have finished comparing notes no doubt you are satisfied that our guest really did miss their train i followed him to his bedroom a half hour later anticipating happily the honor of sleeping beside a god like guru so here ends chapter 15 the cauliflower robbery thanks for listening